is Eva and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment, all that is greatly appreciated. I don't know why after all this time I still get so tongue-tied saying all that, but (laughs) anyway. We have a very fun, I think, an interesting um, episode with lots of interesting things to discuss. So um, if this is your first time listening, I discuss everything that I watch. So whether that's on a streaming service, on cable TV, network TV, movies, although we're in a pandemic right now, so there aren't really a lot of like in theater movies to discuss, but this episode, we will be discussing some streaming, um, some streaming movies. Well, two are movies. One is a show. Genuine, genuinely, generally, oh my gosh, I don't know why we can't talk today. Generally, (laughs) I would do something called a streaming roundup or a Netflix roundup. I guess this will still be technically a streaming roundup. So in case you're like, okay, girl, what are you talking about? We are going to be discussing in this order the devil all the time secret society of second borns and enola holmes so those are the three things that we're going to be discussing i will have timestamps if you're like i just want to get to the content that i actually came to listen to and so you can jump to whatever point of the podcast um if you're looking for something specific but i did mention in a previous the previous episode that I did want to kind of discuss, or not even discuss, just kind of like highlight and set expectations on what to expect as far as from me and currently binging during this time. So when we first went into this pandemic and went into shutdown and everything, it was all with the mindset that it was going to be temporary. I think we quickly realized that this was not going to be a temporary thing. And if you have been listening for a while that you know I normally a bulk of my um content is in theater movies and streaming shows granted streaming content hasn't really been in short supply although quality streaming content that you can make a whole nother like argument about that but you guys have noticed in a lot of my earlier episodes, especially over the summer, I've ta- I've discussed shows that I've said multiple times I most likely would not have watched had this been normal times. So that content will continue. Um, in theater, <laughs> it's definitely going to be a while before I start discussing anything that is in the theater just because... I've noticed that some theaters have opened in other places. I live in California. That is not the case where I live. There are no theaters open, even if they were open. I It would be really, I honestly don't think that I would actually go into the theater to watch anything unless I knew like how many people were going to be there in that theater. And I know they have like a certain count, but like, you know me, I'm like, can I just be the one only person in the theater? Maybe one other person, but like it would have to be really, really strict um circumstances surrounding me going to a movie in the theater the um other but what has been happening is that a lot of these movies that should have been released in theater have been released on demand 
and which is also another interesting concept because you guys know I'm pretty frugal. So when I do go into the theater, I'm going to a matinee or like a $5 Tuesday type situation. So when you're getting these um, on-demand movies, they're trying to recuperate a lot of the loss that they're going to experience from it not being in theater. And the price is is pretty high. So you're looking at, it was about $20, but now with Disney Premiere Plus or Premiere Access or whatever they're calling it, you're looking at 20 or $30 per movie and it is a lot. And then also like if it's Disney, then you get to keep that movie forever for as long as the streaming service is available. But then if it's anyone else, you only get a 48 hour rental, which is like, and then you can justify it by watching it with other people. So then you guys can split the cost, which is what we did for, um, actually two on-demand movies that I'm going to talk about in an upcoming episode. Um, it's, that's actually what we ended up doing. But at the end of the day, it's still not the same experience. You guys know when I talk about in theater movies, I'm talking about the entire experience. So everything that happened in the theater, audience reactions, like my reaction to the movies, and just, it's just so many different facets that I layer into those movie discussions that I actually really enjoy. And so at the moment, that's really really on pause so that's been something that's frustrating another bulk of my content is um in season tv so you guys know i do a fall tv preview i do a mid-season finale i do a mid finale which is like shows that um have actual finales aren't in art like a full season order and then i do a spring finale a spring season finale with everything going on with the pandemic and this is kind of why I kind of took September off because I did not want to come on here and just come off like I'm complaining. I mean, there are so many other more important things that are happening in the world that this just seems so trivial. But because this is kind of what my content is about, I just was like, I don't want to come on here and complain about like something that just does not seem like something I should be complaining about. But at the end of the day, this does impact kind of how I put out content because like we're, well, September just ended, but September is like, we're preparing for fall TV. You guys know I love fall TV. I spend a lot of time on preparing the fall TV preview episode and just going through all the different shows. It's just so much excitement, even though by the time spring comes, you guys know, <laughs> you know, if you know, I'm like, by that time, I'm just done. I'm like, oh my gosh, can you guys just end already? But um, I'm actually just sad because a lot of... You guys know, you can go back and listen to my spring finales. A lot of those finales weren't actual real finales. And so they had to push some of the, the final episodes, especially on the CW. I think the CW was probably one of the networks that was impacted the most as far as um, filming goes. But they had to push a lot of it into the next season. And then when I was going through to see, okay, what's actually premiering this season, a lot of the shows that I discuss on a regular basis are not coming back until January, February. So with that being said, <laughs> we're going to just continue. There's going to continue to be a lot of just basically streamed content, content as far as, um, what I'm talking about on this podcast, but also I had bumped up the frequency to weekly, even though I didn't make it official, it was unofficially a weekly podcast, even though before I had been bi-weekly. I am contemplating, depending on the content that's released and the quality of the content, if I even want to talk about it, we may go back to a bi-weekly um, schedule just because I don't want to talk about 
shows and movies just to talk about them. Like I actually want to talk about the things that I want to talk about. So that's just a little bit of an update <laughs> of kind of what the direction is. So it's going to continue just to be mostly streaming for the fall. Um, we will not be doing a fall TV preview. We'll probably do, a, I'll probably do, and then I can't even really call it fall TV preview, but I'll probably, don't hold me to it. I might do some type of a preview situation leading up to those shows coming back, but yeah, just want to put that out there, but let's get into this because we do have like three major things to <laughs> discuss. So <laughs> the devil all the time. Honestly, I was excited about the devil all the time. You guys know whenever I see people in here and I'm like, oh, the, the cast already was just like, oh my gosh, can't even, there's, there's no way that I'm not going to watch this. We had Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan. We had, um, who else is in here? Robert Pattinson. Like, I was like, okay, this is an interesting, solid cast. I have no clue what the Dove All the Time is about. We're going to watch it. First try at watching this was with a group of people. Highly don't recommend because it's just such a slow, after finally sitting down and watching it, it's such a slow building, slow mo moving movie that is hard to watch it with a group of people because you can see people losing interest. I forced myself when I did actually sit down and watch it on my own to um and i've been trying to do this a lot lately is to hide my phone so that i could just pay attention because i found myself even more so during this time being preoccupied with other things while watching a lot of the streaming these the streaming content so i did force myself to put my phone down and just watch it it is a slow building movie it's not a perfect movie at all um it's honestly i'm still like what was the point <laughs> Of this is apparently based on a novel of the same name and it is based in the 60s in the south and it's just around centers around this family at first you think it's going to center around the kid which I mean the um synopsis makes it seem that way and end up, I mean at the end of the day it does but we don't really get to the core of Arvin until like the second half of the movie because the first half is more so centered around like his father and it's kind of set in the tone but at the end of the day it's a super sad movie as I was watching this even though um this show is probably a little bit lighter but if you go back and you listen to my episodes on um a series of unfortunate events it was literally giving me that I was just like this family just cannot or these people it's not wasn't even just the family these people just cannot catch a break like everyone was dying and not even on purpose it was just it was just horrible the whole situation with um what's her name Arvin's mother how she died she ended up getting cancer that was sad and then her his father after he was like forcing him to pray at the little makeshift altar ends up killing himself and then this kid is just on his own that side and then the whole situation around um his like they called her they called her his stepsister but I was like I don't understand how that logically plays out but okay we'll accept it Lenora the whole situation around her how her mother died because her father was like a super radical um I don't want to say super radical Christian, but super radical 
believer and thought that he, God was going to give him the power to resurrect her after stabbing her in the neck and then quickly found out that was not the case. And so he like runs off and then ends up getting killed by this couple, which it was just with so many chunks in this. I was just like, some of this we just don't really need. Like the couple who was, who we saw, um, I can't remember, remember their names. Was it Erskull? All these people don't look, or no, it was Carl. <laughs> Carl and Sandy. They, their whole story, I just didn't get. I mean, I saw the full circle moment we had at the end when Arvin finally catches up with them and then he ends up killing them after they pretty much killed so many people. They were like a serial killer couple. But I was just like, we didn't really need that in that story didn't really add anything. And then even like Sebastian Stan playing the officer or the like bad cop or shady cop, I should say. Um, we're not really clear on his motives. We're never really clear on his motives throughout this entire thing. Mind you, this whole thing is almost two and a half hours long. So we, it took us almost an hour just to get to Arvin being an adult. And then we go through that whole thing. So. I just feel like a lot of these characters, and I have no idea how it is in the book because I did not read the book. I didn't even know this existed until Netflix announced that this was going to be on Netflix. So no clue. But I just feel like we got all of these characters. We And it was so many characters in this that we just didn't really get to flesh out anyone. I mean, we fleshed out Arvin a little bit, but it still was kind of like his life is sad. He's come from sad circumstances and he's continuing in these sad circumstances he's just surrounded by depression and devastation and then like we get introduced to Robert Patterson who plays Reverend Preston and it's kind of like I will say this was a completely different role <laughs> for Robert Patterson based on like everything I've seen of him previously and you even though it's so hard because I just feel like just his, for some reason, around his mouth specifically, he just gives me vampire. <laughs> so it's hard to, no matter what I watch him in, I just always see him as a vampire. But <laughs> like the accent, all that stuff, I will give him like kudos for it. He was able to make that character like stand out. But even still, it was just like, I don't know. I just, for what I, for what it was, and even going into this, not really knowing what this movie was about or the content or behind it, going into it and then seeing it and what we got and then coming out of it, I just was like, I don't think I had high expectations. I think I had like mid expectations. So therefore I was like, I wouldn't want to say I was disappointed. I would just say I was, wasn't satisfied with how everything wrapped out, wrapped up, especially that since it was a almost two and a half hour movie. Now, granted, I think the acting across the board was great. Wasn't really much to complain about. You guys know I love Tom Holland. It was great to see him. I've seen him and we've seen him in serious roles before. And I just think that that kid is so super talented. So um, it was great to see him in this. And I don't know, for some reason, from all of like the promotional things, I thought he was, he was going to be playing someone older than a high schooler, but he is still like in that high school age. So he, I'm assuming he's like 18, 19, just based on his age in relation to Lenora or no, I guess he would be in his early 20s if Lenora was, I don't know. I, I It was never really clear on 
No, he was late teens because his father died when he was like nine or something. And then we jumped like six years. So he was like 17, 18. So yeah, that makes sense. Not sure how old Lenora was, but like that whole thing and the fact that he just felt like this sense of responsibility for Lenora and protecting her and then how that whole thing played out, how she was taken advantage of by, and it was just all so sad. Cause it was just like, I was sitting there thinking, it was like, did this stuff really happen? I'm sure it did, but this stuff really happened during this time. Cause I could clearly tell from that whole like situation between her and Reverend Preston that he was up to no good and he was about to take advantage of her. And then he even leads her to committing suicide and he has no remorse or regret about it. So I don't know, super sad <laughs> movie, kind of depressing not really that satisfying at the end of the day after watching it if you just literally have nothing else to watch which if you're listening to this I didn't really give away well yeah I guess I did because like I did give away <laughs> spoilers also FYI this show is a spoiler filled show so like if you didn't watch any of these things you probably should not be listening to me but yeah I just think overall it was a a dissatisfying movie it was depressing I most likely would not watch it again. Um, it looks like it got mixed reviews. I'm only looking at IMDb because you guys know I don't really do a lot of um, review reporting on streamed <laughs> movies and things. But like IMDb is like a 7.1 out of 10. Honestly, it's the highest of the three that we're going to talk about, which is surprising to me. But I can see how people can be like, oh, this is boring. This is depressing. Um, it's supposed to be like a thriller kind of a situation and you're just expecting, at least me, I was expecting for Arvin to die at the end of it. Cause I was like, that would be a for sure full circle moment just based on everything that happened in his life with everyone connected to him. But everyone else <laughs> who were following in this died, but him. So I don't know. It is what it is. It was okay. Let's move on. Secret Society of Second Born Royals. So... I saw the early like promotion about this because um, there were some um, early articles about this just because they were like, oh, it's going to be about second born royals. And I'm going into this like, okay, so are we talking about superheroes? Like I just didn't really get it because they were saying like, oh, we're going to have like a black prince and all this other stuff. So I was like, okay. Then it kind of left my mind. And then you guys know that I got this confused with Artemis Fowl because I talked about it when I discussed Artemis Fowl where I thought that for some reason the Artemis Fowl was the one about the, um, the prince and princesses and all that stuff. But then it was like, oh no, it's not. It's this. So Secret Society of Secondborns, a series, you guys know, how I feel about a series but I mean this was okay this was or no this wasn't a series this was a movie these are all movies why did I think that this was a show because my mind just melts everything together so we're talking about all movies this is another movie I okay this is why I got confused because going into this I initially thought this was going to be a series but it's actually a movie this is the rare time and I think I actually wrote this down in like my high level kind of what I want to cover for this but this was the one time and I rarely say this you guys know this is not my thing to say and it's probably gonna shock a lot of you but this is a rare time where I think and I couldn't even write it I put I put ellipses because I could not bring myself to actually write the words down <laughs> but I think this could have been a tv show <laughs> 
because <laughs> it was just like <sighs> I wanted to love this and honestly of the three this has the lowest rating on IMDb granted is also only is from like 1200 people versus like the devil all the time which was from like 50,000 people but it has a 4.5 on IMDb <sighs> you guys know I love me some Disney I love me anything about a princess prince princesses princes throwing some superhero like layer that into there I'm like 100% sold I think for this this was so much and I can see them world building off of this so I'm fully expecting that we're going we're supposed to get more and more um installments from this franchise it kind of also was giving me um oh my gosh why do I always do this every single time I think about this movie or this or the, the Disney show with the bad kids from all of the um, Disney villains. You guys know what I'm talking about. I literally cannot think of it, but they had like a whole three part. I'm sure it's gonna come to me as I continue to um, discuss Descendants. I told you it's gonna come to me. <laughs> Initially, when I first, when the movie first started, I was like, this is kind of giving me Descendants feeling. It's very much, it very much gives you a Disney original movie type feel. You can definitely tell this is supposed to be like set in this world where we are pretty much in this world where the firstborns get everything and the second we never and if you think about it when you think about these types of stories we never really focus on the second born if there is another um child in the mix we always kind of focus on that firstborn so this is kind of the story for the secondborns and we are evolving mainly around Sam and she's just kind of like rebellious she's all for all these other things that are kind of against the patriarchy and she just is kind of like the problem child <laughs> and then her mom who is played by Elodie Young which when I saw her I was like okay I'm expecting some like stellar fighting or something like that. I mean, we didn't, we never really, we never really got there. But you guys know, like Elodie Young, she's um, was also in. Uh, oh my gosh, why am I not remembering anything? Any of my um, shows or movies today? I literally was just talking about her, but she's in Daredevil. <laughs> I was like, I know it's a D. I, wanted, I was about to say Defenders, but that's not right. She's in Daredevil. I apologize if this is your first time you're listening. You're like, oh my gosh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's all over the place. I do know what I'm talking about. This is also a different um, recording time for me, which is the middle of the day. I normally don't do this, but like we're trying it out. <laughs> so um, she, I see her and I'm like, okay, this is gonna be awesome. We're gonna see some great fight scenes. Like this, this is just what I'm expecting. But no, I literally, it literally gave me Disney family, Disney um, channel original. All the characters were like super surface level. I don't feel like we really, I felt like they tried to kind of um, build the connection between the kids after they finally find out, like they get sent to summer school, they think they're going to summer school, but they find out, no, they're actually in this like training to become these superheroes. And then if they don't, um, make the cut then they'll get their mind wiped also we had um freaking Skylar Aston in this which I didn't even know he was in this until he showed up on the screen I was like oh okay but it's just like and I don't want to use this word but it's just everything was just super 
cheesy and I literally put wrote down because some of the stuff just really stuck out a lot of the editing choices and granted I think this movie was like an hour and a half so it's very much like young targeted Disney channel original like if we layer in some um commercials and we wanted to put this on Disney channel at some point like they could do that it was literally that kind of a runtime and so that means a lot probably got left on the editing room floor but one of the things that I put down here that was number one issue for me was some of the editing choices that we made that just did not really gel or make sense and probably I would have left it out or I would have redid it just to make it not seem so cheesy or so or like an afterthought I think that's a, a better choice of words and more so felt like an afterthought one of those scenes was the beach scene so I felt like they tried to do a, they try to give us something as far as like building up the connection between the kids but we never really got to learn more anything about any of the kids outside of Sam so like we have these four kids and we kind of like surface level high level know kind of what their thing is we have um or actually the four is the five it's five kids one happens to also be a um undercover spy which that whole thing just did not also make sense to me but we're going to get to that in a minute so we had um all these kids service level like we learned their ticks but we don't really learn anything about the kids themselves we have um january who is kind of He's kind of like, or she is kind of like creating this relationship with Sam. So she's kind of like the closest to being nice <laughs> to Sam as far as like trying to build a relationship after they end up in this, in this training situation. But like we get like high level flashes of them training, kind of learn their superpowers. Their superpowers are all pretty random and pretty weird and on their own aren't that great but working together <laughs> as they do in the end it's like okay I can I can see how you can make that work but individually their superpowers aren't that great the only one who had the best one was Sam which was like she could um her she had heightened senses but like Mateo he had like the bug thing um Tuma, I guess he had, he had a cool one because he can pretty much give people to do whatever he wanted to. And then I guess Roxana, she had a cool one because she can disappear. But like January, okay, okay. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, maybe they weren't that lame. But Mateo's was kind of like not <laughs> that great. <laughs> like, would I want to make bugs be able to do whatever I want them to do or like animals? I think I would do the animals, but I mean, they made it work. And January's was like, she could steal other people's powers, but I mean, I guess that comes in handy. So whatever. <laughs> but we kind of like learn what they all could do. And it's just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. And then there's this underlying um, story because I believe it is, his name is King, no. Yeah, King Robert. Is that her... Or no, MA-34. He doesn't even have a name. They didn't even give him a name. MA-34, who is um, 
Sam's uncle come to find out, which I thought thought this was lazy writing because we get the whole thing like, oh, her father died and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like someone is trying to get her and it's like, okay, clearly her uncle is alive. <laughs> so we kind of find out he's alive and he wants to expose um, Queen Catherine and everything that she, she's done because technically he should be ruling um, and she shouldn't because he survived his brother, but he also killed his brother. And so like, there's this whole thing and he um, wants to expose like that. And he wants to give power to those who don't have it. I mean, high level concept is like, okay, that makes sense. But then when you actually like get into the weeds of what he wants to do, then you can see where it becomes problematic. And so he is trying to get to Sam and his whole plan is to wipe out all of the firstborns and then, um, therefore, like, they would not be able to rule anywhere. And he's going to use Princess Eleanor because she's about to become, like, step into the, uh, into leading her people, like, take the reins from her mom. And so, I don't, I don't know if it's called coronation. I can't remember what the actual word for it. But he decides to use that event to do it. Come to find out, January has been secretly working with him. I had so many questions about this because they're still kids at the end of the day. He has been locked up in, like, a high-level security type situation. I don't understand how they even made the connection to be able to communicate with each other and to make this huge plan and be like, we're going to use your second born royal training to put this plan into place like that whole part of the story just was not clear to me because i just don't feel like it's realistic for this child to have been able to been in secret communications with a um highly secured inmate that was one of the things that just never made sense to me but um i kind of didn't even tell you guys about the actual editing choices. We're going to get to that in a minute. But also, I knew something was weird about her because we had a scene where, um, we had a scene earlier in the movie where we referenced an apple and the apple ended up being bad. But then we also saw her give, um, Sam an apple when they were at lunch after she found out that her sandwich was poisoned as a test to see if she could smell the poison. And she said something like, oh, apples are my, like, favorite fruit or something. And there, that tingled something in me, but then I kind of let it go. <laughs> so then it made sense when we came back around. It was like, oh, she was working. She's actually evil. So there was that. But also some of the editing choices that just were like, the beach scene when they all have the day where they have the day off and they all decide to go and hang out because they're like, well, if our memories are going to get wiped away, then we should make the most of it. Anyway, that whole scene was just so cringy and cheesy. And I was just like, we could have just done something else here. <laughs> like, or we could have edited it a different way or we could have added some different music. I don't know. It was just so, it reminded me of like late 90s Disney original transition scenes like it was just so <laughs> cheesy and it's just enough that I had to write down the boys bedtime talk when they were in the room and they were talking having like that little conversation which could have been a very great moment a monumental moment productive moment but it just felt super flat and it didn't feel necessary and it was just like they just inserted it in there because they were like oh wait we have more like footage of the boys talking. So let's put it in there. And then the transition from the hospital um, 
to the next day after Sam visits, um, oh my gosh, Professor James in the hospital. Like that whole transition just didn't make sense to me. So it was just those little things to me that were just like, I felt like that we didn't really put thought into it. Also, we find out that Professor James is very early on. We find out that he has a husband, but we never hear anything else about it. So it's like, you're trying to be super forward and progressive, but then it's kind of like a throwaway type of thing. It kind of also was giving me um, Avengers uh, in-game vibes when we had that whole scene um, early in the movie when Cap is at the like the post snap <laughs> um meeting group and then the guy talks of the guys are talking about like how they met each other it was kind of like that even though I feel like that I have a little bit more thought into it and seemed a little bit more progressive versus versus like this where it's just like oh I had I have a husband and he like talks about him briefly but then that's it there's like no other reference to it like his husband could have showed up at the hospital or could have been in the hospital room with him when Sam showed up like he didn't have to talk but he could have been there to kind of reiterate that whole relationship and it also kind of brought me back to like full circle we're having lots of full circle moments while watching this it also kind of brought me back to um Love Victor because Love Victor was also supposed to originally be on Disney plus but then they moved it to Hulu just because they're like content and all that other stuff so I don't know but I just feel like if we're going to continue this and I even though it was very cheesy, even though it was like, uh, uh, and it was kind of like, a oh, if I had nothing else to watch, I would watch this. I do, I would not be mad if they were like, we're doing Secret Society, Secret Society of Secondborn Royals too. Like, I would not be mad at that. And I would actually watch it. I just want it to feel like we're putting more thought into like the character development, the relationship development, the editing between like, we're just being thoughtful in those choices because it just felt like they were like, oh, we're just going to throw things away. And I don't know. I honestly didn't even look this up. I don't know if this was impacted by um, COVID. I don't think it was. I feel like this was already done, but it actually honestly could have been, which could explain why. I need to look that up. Um, but if that was the case, okay, then I there's some room for forgiveness there. But if that's not the case, and I just honestly don't think it was the case, just because we got a whole wrap-up type of a story, I just don't see how that could be the case. Unless they were like, oh, we want to do some reshoots, and then they didn't get to be, they didn't get the chance to do that, then I can see, okay. But I think those were the main things where I was just like, we're going to need to figure that out and talk about it a little bit more um, if we're to continue this and kind of build this world and franchise because like I like the kids on a surface level but I just didn't really feel a connection to any of them and and then like we had Niles Fitch who was playing Tuma and he does amazingly on This Is Us so I just feel like they just did not utilize him to and I mean it was a different role for him because he's kind of playing like this not really jockey but like cocky type of a character which suits him and I thought it was great but I just feel like we weren't using him to his full potential so yeah that's all I have <laughs> a second or secret society a second the infant's name is so freaking long my gosh I literally created a, um an acronym for it because I was just like I'm not typing all this out so my acronym is, is triple sb but like secret society of second born royals <laughs> there it is I mean I really don't have any other thoughts it was predictable it was Kind of cheesy, very Disney Channel original-esque. 
if we're going to move forward with this, I'm going to need a little bit more character development, a little bit more relationship development. You guys know I love, especially in these types of things, in these types of movies and contents, you guys know I love the relationship between the kids. I talk about it all the time in Runaways. I love it, but like, I'm going to need a little bit more. So moving on to Enola Holmes, you guys. Uh, this also, I came on my radar super, super late when they finally started putting out like teasers for it, which was I think about uh, like a month ago. And I was like, oh, okay, that seems interesting. Um, it, we have it, we have Billy Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, Sam Coughlin, Helena Bonham Carter, like all these people in this. And I was like, okay, is this a show? Is this a movie? Also Netflix, you're not really doing a great job of like in these teasers saying if it's a show or if it's a movie. This is a case where I thought it was going to be a show, but it actually ended up being a movie. I also feel like this is a case where similar to Triple SB, we could do some world building. This is also another case where I'm like, I would be all for some more world building here and more stories because this is um, based off of the Enola Holmes, which I didn't even know that that this existed. I mean, Sherlock Holmes, duh, but I, I never even really read Sherlock Holmes, so I guess I probably wouldn't even know anything about Anola Holmes either but apparently it's a series of novels and so this is what this is based off of. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I enjoyed everything about this movie mostly Millie Bobby Brown. I know um we see her in Stranger Things and I think I think she does a great job in that but then she also kind of when you watch her in interviews you could get the sense where she you could tell she takes her acting very seriously but there are moments where you can watch and be like, she comes off a little bit like, especially because she's so young, you're like, I just hope she doesn't let it get to her head because there have been moments where I've kind of seen that earlier on. So I'm always like hesitant when I go into these things because I'm like, I know she's going to give a great performance, but like, I don't know. And honestly, I thought she did super amazing in this. I thought this was the perfect character for her this Anola uh, Holmes was like this strong like empowered woman thanks to her upbringing with her mother who thinks for herself and even I found myself this is another moment where I was like I have to hide my phone so I can just 100% pay attention and I found myself talking to her talking to the screen a lot like girl don't do it especially when we were talking about um Tewksbury, who's played by Lewis Partridge. I've never seen him in anything. I think this is like his first major thing. If, if for, yeah, I mean, yeah, his first major thing. Um, I Also, I thought the casting was great in this, just across the board. I think I thought everyone was casted, perfect, casted perfectly for the roles they played. And also Sam Coughlin. I don't know. I didn't, because everything I've seen him in has kind of been more on like, the romance side, he's always been like a soft, likable character. And to see him in this character who's like unlikable, he's an asshole, you're not rooting for him at all. And I think he carried it very well. So like I, like I said, that no problems with the acting across the board, so good. Millie Bobby Brown 100% stood out. I thought she carried Enola Holmes perfectly. And it's just like, I felt, I felt like watching it, if I had daughters, I would be like, I feel like they would feel empowered by this movie because she's just a very strong female character. And also she, Millie Bobby Brown was in, what is she, executive producer for this? Because I'm pretty sure I saw she had an executive producer credit when she was very involved 
in the casting for this, specifically Tewksbury. And I thought he was a great Tewksbury. Um, and I thought they had great chemistry as well. I just think she has great chemistry across the board with everyone. Like whether it be something that's supposed to be like a romantic chemistry or a platonic chemistry or a familial chemistry. It just does really well. Like she had great chemistry with him. She had great chemistry with Henry Cavill. And Henry Cavill, you guys know, I can be a little hard on him sometimes. I've talked about things that I've loved him in and things that I've had issues with. We're not going to name the franchise, but this was actually surprisingly, I did not, I was not mad at him in this movie. I actually really, really enjoyed him in it. And it kind of like reminded me of um, non-franchise things <laughs> that I have seen him in. And I've actually, like sometimes he can come across a little bit flat just in general. Um, but like, I actually really liked him in this. And she had great chemistry with Sam Claflin, who was like the brother from hell, but like they still play really well on camera together. So I don't know. I thought that the acting just was great. The chemistry was great across the board. The story was also, um, a, it was like a fun story that wasn't really, it was serious, but it wasn't like, um, super dire and this movie was kind of long as well I think this movie is about two hours yeah yeah this movie is about two hours so it is a long movie but you don't really feel like it's long because by the time you get to, to the end of it you're like oh my gosh I don't want it to end and it's like a crime drama type of a situation so you're following her because she's trying to figure out what's going on with her mom her mom has left her she's only known her mom she's grown up with pretty much on her mom, her brothers are way older than she is. And so um, her brother, Sherlock, played by Henry Cavill, is already like Sherlock Holmes. So he's known for being Sherlock Holmes. And she kind of has some of those um, same qualities that he has. And so she decides to try to go find her mother while also trying to um, not be <laughs> locked up in a boarding school by her older brother who is just like he's super has a super notable um position in the city and he's very much about appearances and things being done properly and he just does not think Anola is proper at all and she, she he doesn't think that she's going to be married off just based off of how she, her appearance, she, she looks wild to him. She doesn't have any manners, like all this stuff. So she's kind of going against that, which was kind of like this norm, um, and this, this normal thinking for women, but also trying to be like who her mother brought her up to be, which was like an independent, self-thinking, strong, young woman. And even like knowing like her mom has literally been training her for this moment her entire life and not realizing like she's going through like fighting training, all that stuff. And even like the fighting, even though it was a little, it wasn't really the main focus of it. I was just like, oh, these scenes are great. So I can't really complain on any of that, I think. And I honestly don't know as far as um like, what the mixed reception can be. I think a lot of the things that I've seen about this has been pretty positive. I know that Millie by Brown has gotten a good chunk of the positive <laughs> reviews, but like, I would want to see more from this and kind of see where she goes as long as we still have like the undercurrent 
of characters that we've had in this first one. I do want to see more from Tewksbury. Even though I was throughout this entire thing, like, leave them, leave them, no, don't. <laughs> I still like their relationship and like the friendship that they've created. So I think that it would be great to see kind of how that develops. Um, but I do love that we ended with her pretty much being like, I am gonna follow my my own path, the path that I chose. And it does not involve hitching myself to this guy who's clearly like head over heels for her. And also they're like pretty young, but I'm just like, girl, you got time. <laughs> but it does not involve hitching my herself completely and immediately to this one guy, it doesn't involve doing what her other bro older brother wants her to do. And then I also thought it was interesting, just like the relationship between her and Sherlock, because Sherlock has been kind of like on his own and doing his own thing. And she talks about it a lot in this where she's like, oh, you don't care about anyone but yourself. And even her mother is like surprised that he actually cares about her whereabouts. And then to see that whole exchange towards the end where he's like, he makes a deal with um, Mycroft and he's like, I want to take custody over her. Like, I thought that was a great moment, but then I don't even, but she doesn't even really know that that whole thing happened <laughs> between them. Cause I think that she, she is young. So she, there is a lot that she can still learn from Sherlock. And I think that he would give her the space to be able to be her own woman and to learn and to grow. But still, so interesting that she got to go on off on her own but was, i don't know this was one of those things that was just fun to watch and you guys know i love me a good period piece because you and you know i love to look at the costumes the set design all that stuff to see how accurate they make it this was also like giving me a lot of the things in these rooms were definitely if you came into my apartment i pull a lot of my apartment style from like that era i think my the style that it's like 19th or no, 18th century, I wanna say, is what the style of my home is. But like all those like iron beds and like all the whole bit, of, I just love every single thing about it. As far as like the house, the um, set pieces were concerned, I just thought everything looked super gorgeous and just super on point. But yeah, I, I was excited about this movie. I did not know going into this, I did not have high expectations at all. I didn't have low expectations. I think I just had mid expectations just across the board on everything. I had mid expectations and I actually came out of here genuinely happy, surprised and satisfied and wanting to see more from this little world. So I don't know if there will be more movies, but I mean, I don't see why Netflix wouldn't try to continue to bank on this. In a way, and I also think this will be kind of a different move for them because a lot of their, it'll be like a mini franchise in a way. A lot of their um, their content that just has those continual stories are serial um, based content versus like a movie. So it would be interesting to see how they would do that moving forward. Also enjoy that it was not a show. Like, I don't know, maybe because it was two hours, I feel like it was enough time to kind of like build this world build out and flush out um the characters and their stories also it wasn't a, a heavily bloated cast so you could you did have the time and the space to build everything out versus triple sb where it was only like an hour and a half and it was just so many people and we just did not have enough time to flesh out some of those things that we as viewers appreciate 
in a story like this, especially if you're going to try to build a world off of it, like we want to feel like we're invested and connected to the world. And I definitely felt left out of this feeling invested and connected and wanting to see more. And I just love the story overall. And I just love, and I don't know how she is in the books. I'm assuming they kind of made her more, um, fit for like what, like how women and young girls are today. We're very much more self thinking and everything is very much like, I know we had like our women's movement in the like 60s, 70s, but I feel like we're in kind of like a different type of a women's movement, if you will. And so I feel like Anola really fits in that movement, if that makes sense. So yeah, I'm down to see what else there is um, from this world. That's pretty much all I have, guys. I did not want this to go on for super long. I wanted to make sure I got these or I discussed these movies because they all came out in September. But yeah, let me know what you guys thought about either of these movies. Um, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Well, folks, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.